And welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought. If you are left, you just ain't right podcast. Tuesday edition. Tuesday edition. Uh, the left just gets more and more out of control. And if you observe them, if you've been observing for a long time, I started writing political columns in 96. So I've been observing them for a while. And started the Daily Gator blog in 2008. And uh, a lot of things I predicted, I'm sure people read them. Oh, come on, man. You're over the top, shock jock stuff, clickbait. But I was always serious. And got a little story about some school safety first. But then we're going to get to a piece by Mike McDaniel. Uh, What electric vehicles are going to force us into? All of us. White, black, Hispanic, Asian, hot, ugly, uh, short, tall, thin, fat, you name it. We're all going to be in the same same pot. But first, let's get this from Moon Battery. Uh, from uh, three days ago, racial justice on the school bus. And of course, you know, if you hear the words racial justice, social justice, economic justice, environmental justice. Uh, It's all code for some form or element of communism. A nine-year-old white girl, uh, Dave Blunt of Boom Battery writes, was beaten senseless by a black kid twice her size on a school bus. That was hardly an isolated experience. By the way, that, that, that girl's brother also was violently attacked. The school is kind of sitting on her hands trying not to do anything. Uh, at least one of the kids that did this finally got arrested, I, I believe. And I'm sorry, I don't know what to do with a kid who's in their teens and beating nine-year-olds. Uh, I know if it was my nine-year-old, what that kid would have to worry about. Uh, but that's not the only... It's not an isolated incidents. I remember... Uh, I got into one fight on the school bus. It was a private school. It was my, my senior year. And, uh, I was on the soccer team and I was the leading scorer back when I was like, uh, 135, 140 pounds. I could run all day. Can't do that now. <laughs> Have problems getting out of bed some days. But anyway, uh, after one of our games, there had been this kid, a little Hispanic kid. I don't, I don't even remember his name. He was kind of, I guess, an average kid, kind of goofy looking. But he, he took to in like in the middle of the year trying to pick on me, trying to pick a fight with me. Like he would push me from behind or, or mumble things at me, you know. Oh, your mom's this. It's like, leave me that alone. Who are you? So anyway, uh, we had a soccer game. Came back after dark. And our parents were there to pick us up at the high school. And he went a bit too far. I was not kind of in a bad mood anyway. And I was kind of tired and I just didn't want to be screwed with. I remember this kid who was a little smaller than me. But I remember him pushing me and hitting me, trying to hit me in the back of the head. I kind of turned, he kind of grazed my ear. And I have sensitive ears. So anyway, I just remember punching him and he was like 
in the seat covering up and I was just wailing on the kid. And again, lucky for me, this was a private school. I didn't try to hurt him. I wouldn't have done that. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, and I was much nicer as a kid than I am now as far as things like that. But I remember the, uh, the, uh, one of the parents who was a coach kind of got us off the bus and, and like I said, this was Friday. He goes, Monday morning, you two are going to talk to, you know, the, uh, the head of the school. We had a principal who was a, she was a, not a nice woman. Then we had the, the Reverend who ran the, the church affiliated with the school. He was, he was a great guy, but, uh, anyway, we were going to talk to the, the preacher, the pastor of that church of River Hills Christian school, uh, in sparkling downtown, uh, Riverview, Florida. I don't even think the school's there anymore. Uh, but anyway, I remember he asked, he talked to the, the kid first, then he talked to me and he said, you know, what, uh, what caused this? I said, I don't know. I'll be honest because the kid's been starting to pick on me or push me or be up. I don't know, you know, because he's a little smaller than me. And, and he said, well, I, I've kind of been observing things and I see that, that he's been bugging you and we don't allow fighting, but he basically said, no one really saw it except you and him. No one really knows what happened. So we're going to, we're going to suspend him because he attacked you. Um, and, you know, we're going to, uh, to maybe let him come back when it's time. But that's how you dealt with things like that. Schools today, it's like they're afraid to, to take someone who attacks another student and punish them. I don't understand the, the lack of willingness to punish people for doing bad things. But here's a story from Moon Battery. It's about a uh, Virginia boy who's 12, seventh grade, uh, choked by older girl on school, but on the bus as school refuses to ban the bully in the latest case of national bullying. Um, this was at Walt Whitman Middle School in Virginia. In Fairfax County, and this girl you notice in in the uh, in the tweet that's attached, she was sitting next to the boy, and she is about literally about three times his size. He doesn't look twelve; he looks about eight, and she looks about eighteen. Uh, but she has her hands looks like both her hands around the kid's neck, choking him. And apparently, they're not going to do anything to her. They haven't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But here's the story. A Virginia mom has shared a horrifying video of her 12-year-old son being attacked on a school bus by a female classmate who left him with red marks and bruises after choking him in the shocking display of bullying. Taylor Brock, whose son is 7th grader at Walt Whitman Middle School in Alexandria, uh, posted the distressing footage from the January 23rd incident on her blog Monday. The size, the size differential, Dave, Dave Blunt notes, uh, was typical of these incidents. A much bigger person, much bigger kid picking on a much smaller kid. Uh, true cowardice, which invariably involves a victim who is much smaller and or helpless, uh, helplessly outnumbered. 
The attacker was soon back at school, learning about how the white man oppresses her and sitting behind her victim at lunch. So not only did they not kick her out of school for this, I think there's video of it, for God's sake. Uh, there's physical evidence, but they can't, can't suspend her for some reason. And they let her sit near him, behind him at lunch. You imagine being this little boy? I mean, think about how you're going to eat your lunch. You're terrified that the person behind you is going to kill you. Because when you put your hands around someone's throat and leave bruises and marks, you're trying to kill them. Let's be honest here. Now, I don't know the age of the girl uh, who attacked this kid. It may be that she's much older than 12. I don't know. Uh, But, again, the size thing. Now, Dave Blunt points out uh, his mother had obtained a protection order from a county judge. In other words, this kid, this girl is not supposed to be within whatever feet of him. Yet she was sitting behind him at lunch. Who's running this school? Who's running this, this school? Are you stupid? Are you just incompetent? Are you lazy, whoever's running the school? You don't know, understand that when a judge said this person is not allowed within this many feet of this person, that's, that's a pretty serious thing. I wonder what I wonder what the judge will do when the judge finds out that schools basically flip their flip the bird to the judge. You don't screw with judges, people. Uh, you could hardly expect, Dave Blunt writes, the Fairfax County School District to take the throttling seriously, considering that it paid racial arsonist Ibram X. Kindai $333 to denounce Caucasians. He gave a speech there, I imagine. Uh, now, I, I'm sorry, I misquoted what he made. He didn't make $333 for speaking there and playing the race victim and being a racist hating on, white, on Whitey. Uh, he actually made $333 for every minute he spoke. Yes. Why are there race pimps? That's where the money is. Why did the bank robber rob the bank? That's where the money is. It's odd. I was just, uh, I just tweeted something to Ibram X. Kendai. He was on and all oh, America's so racist, blah, 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 blah. And a great writer, to me, the, the, one of the wisest men in the country and best opinion writer in the country, uh, Daniel Greenfield had tweeted something to him. And uh, then I, I couldn't help. I have to take a shot at Ibram X. Kendai. And uh, I said, hey, he's living the dream, basically. He's uh, making big money by pretending to be a victim for a living. And uh, Daniel Greenfield uh, replied, it's always cool when somebody who's famous acknowledges you, talks to you. There are some famous people who I, am, uh, I used to follow on Twitter. Like I had one person who I won't name, but would never really acknowledge me, wouldn't follow me on Twitter. Her husband did. Her husband still does. And I asked him why one time. I said, dude, I mean, you follow me. But anyway, there was some reason I, I unfollowed her because of it. But that's that's kind of childish stuff. But it's cool when someone who has a name recognize, name recognition, and if you follow politics and ideology, Daniel Greenfield's a pretty big name. To me, he is the best op-ed writer there is, period. Uh, he's what Walter Williams 
used to be before he sadly passed away. So this boy gets choked by this gigantic girl. There's a judge has a restraining order, can't get within X number of feet of him. And yet she sits behind him at lunch. She still goes to school. I don't, I guess they still ride the same bus. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, if you want to go to uh, moonbattery.com, more racial justice on the school bus is the title of the post. And there's a good couple pictures there of, uh, this, uh, this, uh, girl, uh, choking this little boy and how terrified he is. I hate bullies. It's one thing I've always hated, but again, this seems to be a growing problem in schools. It, it's, uh, and, and then the left pretends that, well, if you're a school kid, you're just, you're just innocent and you should, you should be treated with kids gloves because there's a video going around of a, I think it's a high school kid. Uh, and the police came because they were called somebody about a weapon. Someone had a gun. So they're looking, they searched a couple of people. This kid decided he was going to film it and be a punk about it. And, of course, the headlines go, oh, cops, throws kid down on the pavement, pins him down with his knee. That was one of the softest takedowns I've ever seen. The cop did nothing wrong. The kid was being a little punk. And good, maybe he'll learn something. It'd be good for the kid if he learned that, hey, that's an authority figure, that's a police officer, he's there at school doing something for everyone's safety. Cooperate, stay out of the way, don't be a jackass. Uh, but again, he was a jackass and I'm glad he, I'm glad a kid didn't get hurt, obviously, but they're trying to race pimp and play the victim for the kid. I'm sure Ben Crump's on the way. He's got a super secret, uh, uh, sweater on for race pimps. But anyway, let's get down to the, uh, the big story of the day. The big news of the day. Electric vehicles eliminating the middle class. By Mike McDaniel of the stately McDaniel Manor. .wordpress.com. Great blog. Great writer. A very wise man. And here's his take. He writes, One issue state and federal legislatures are considering, legislators I should say, are considering, apart from trying to mandate EVs and do away with conventionally fueled vehicles, is mileage taxes for EVs. They got to replace those gas taxes with something. You know the left ain't going to do without your taxes. I mean, you can go to San Francisco and one of these homeless encampments and drug addict encampments that the left seems to love for some reason. And you try to get heroin away from somebody, you'll, you'll have more success in trying to get taxes away from the left. Uh, that This is necessary, McDaniel writes, you see, because excise taxes are charged at the pump EVs, particularly if they charge at home, can't be similarly or reliably charged. In other words, you might, uh, you use a little electricity extra, but you're not going to pay that big fat tax. They want you to pay because leftists are greedy bastards and don't forget it. Circa January of 2022, uh, the average gas tax was 31.02 cents per gallon, uh, with the federal rate being 18.4 cents. Now, California, New York, the communist states, much higher, obviously, because they're 
run by leftists. And the leftists love your money more than they love anything else. They love your money, which they think is their money. Then there's a link to a CBS story. Some electric vehicle owners recharging now more costly than filling up. That's right. It's going to save you money. Electric vehicles will. Oh, how wonderful. No, it's going to be more expensive. As regular readers know, McDaniel writes, fuel, in parentheses, costs for EVs are not, in fact, cheaper than for conventional vehicles. Oh, but EVs have all kind of other ways to be, of being cheaper. Come on, Mike, right? Come on. They're, they're, they're a gift from God above, my friends. Perhaps, McDaniel Rice, or perhaps not, but that goes out the window when a battery and electric vehicles have to have batteries or they won't run. Now, batteries, which cost one-third plus the price of a new EV, yes, you heard me correct. You go pay thousands of dollars. Last time I changed the battery in my car, it was uh, 150 bucks maybe. And I couldn't actually change it because the way it was put in the engine, I can't even change it. I had to go uh, get somebody at the, uh, you know, whatever the uh, auto parts store was that changed it. Because I literally couldn't get to it. And when you can't change your own battery, it's nothing more simple growing up. Just don't, you know, don't <laughs> don't get their colors mixed up, red or black, but that's pretty easy. Now you can't even do it in many cars. And EVs, again, let me repeat it. A, a battery for a new EV, when your battery will go out sometime, it costs, the battery does, a third plus the price of the whole new electric vehicle. A third so if you're paying, I don't know, 30 grand is not, most cars are 30 grand, I guess now, average. Let's say an EV costs uh, $24,000. Let's just say. That means when you get a new battery, that's 8000 or more you're going to pay for the battery. Yes. Oh, how wonderful the left is. Now, the current average of a new EV is $66,000. And for you mass scholars out there, if I tell you a third of $66,000, you're probably going to, more often than not, come up with a, to the reality that's that would be a $22,000 battery. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Uh, what those pushing for EV mileage taxes are saying, McDaniel writes, very, very quiet. Hunting rabbits, remember Elmer Fudd? Be very, very quiet. Yes, that's what the the nuts, the pushing EV so hard, the greedy bastards, Marxists, pushing it so hard are saying, be very, very quiet. We're saying it very, very quietly. Or not at all are there true intentions. intentions. Such a tax, again, the mileage tax for EVs would require mandatory hardware because they have to, they have to tax you by the mile. How many they have to, they can't send somebody out to every electric vehicle and check the mileage. So they've got to monitor you. They've got to watch you and listen to you. Think about it. Such a tax will require a mandatory hardware and software to monitor mileage in real time. 
Now, if that doesn't upset you or offend your sensibilities, A, what the hell is wrong with you? But B, think a little deeper. If they're monitoring your mileage in real time, what else are they monitoring? As McDaniel writes, such devices would also allow the government to know not only how much you are driving, but where, and certainly with whom, also in real time. Our self-imagined elite masters surely would not stop there. There would inevitably be mileage limits. Sure, why not? I mean, if they can control everything else in your life, and that day's coming if we don't get our heads out of our asses. Exceed your monthly limit, and your vehicle would be shut off. Hey, your car don't run. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to sit a couple days. I don't care if you need to take your kid to the doctor. I don't care if you had a hot date. I don't care if you needed groceries. Uh, I don't care. Big government will say, this is for the, this is to save the earth, man. Come on. It's a small price for you to pay for us to control your lives. That's right. There would surely be cameras and microphones. For safety purposes, of course, because Big Brother has to watch you, you know, just in case. NEVs to detect any anti-climate change, wrong think. So what happens? You're, maybe you express the wrong opinion. Someone takes a great offense at it and decides to shut your car off. Who knows? When you give up that much power and much of your liberty... To the government, this is what happens. This is the result. Okay? It's not a bug. It's not a flaw. It's by design, people. It's by design. How do I know this would be the case, McDaniel asked? When have Democrats, Socialists, Communists ever been satisfied once EVs are mandated, they'll have to go further, much further, to save the planet. With such a virtuous goal, what policy would possibly be off limits? Think about it. If you're a leftist listening and you're thinking, oh, come on, man, this guy's a conspiracy theory nut, man. Uh, think about it. Do an intellectual think tank moment in your own home and just think about where it goes from here. This isn't the left pushing, a uh, government pushing a, a toe or a foot in your door. This is not the camel's nose under the tent. This is a, a band of leftists riding a band of camels, a herd of camels into your living room, into your garage, into your personal life eventually. Will that be okay for you? Because it ain't for me. Also, McDaniel knows none of this is about making life better for Americans. Believe me, in, in the priority, the, you saw the list of priorities to the left. You, your family, your liberty, way down there at the bottom somewhere. It may not even be on the page. It might be in the uh, addendum somewhere. They hate Americans. Because they tend to think they have inherent freedoms. Yeah, those damn Americans do think we have freedoms, liberties. Ugh, how icky. Like the freedom to travel as they please. And are unwilling to blindly trust the people who hate them and lie to them all the time. 
And when you've lost The Atlantic, The Atlantic is a uh, online publication, mostly leans to the left. Uh, but this is from The Atlantic. During one of the high-dollar ad spots in last night's Super Bowl, Will Ferrell, who's not funny, plowed an electric GMC Sierra truck through Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. He then drove an electric Chevy Blazer into Squid Game and staged a getaway in a hulking EV Hummer. General Motors ad, the latest in a string of EV-touting, celebrity-laden Super Bowl commercials, hopes to paint the company's battery-powered offer offerings as being just as rugged, capable, macho, and desirable as the big patrol-powered trucks that it has sold for decades. Here's sometimes, here's something the ads don't tell you. How far those electric vehicles will go depends on a lot on how much you can spend. The rest of that is behind a paywall. Isn't everything behind a paywall now? But the point is, McDaniel writes, with EVs, more range and not very much more requires bigger, heavier, heavier and much more expensive batteries, meaning much more expensive vehicles. Uh, and that requires much, much greater cost over the bottom of the line range models companies publicize to lure buyers in. Regular readers know the EV Hummer costs a minimum of more than $112,000. You know, I just don't have enough to get one quite yet. I'm sure by next week I'll find the money somewhere or something. Oh, and by losing the Atlantic? I mean, they're actually uh, printing a bit of the truth about EVs rather than engaging in mindless cheerleading. And did you know, McDaniel asks, the Hummer's battery weighs more than a conventional gas-powered Honda Civic. That's a hell of a battery. Motor Trend does its best to cheerlead for EVs, but they retain sufficient ethics to report at least some of the truth. Some experts from a recent long-term EV road trip article. Uh, here's a little bit from, from Breitbart News. One in four public electric vehicle charging stations in the San Francisco Bay Area does not work, according to a new study. The other three are probably surrounded by a bunch of people pumping heroin into their body and thinking fentanyl. But here's a little bit of the story from Motor Trend. Road tripped from Los Angeles to Sacramento in the long-term uh, 2022 Volkswagen ID4 yesterday. I charged to 100% at home and pushed to Harry Ranch, a popular charging spot along the busy I-5 corridor. Coming in hot with full bladders, 10% state of charge, and 24 miles range. The latter was a bad idea. It basically left me with few options other than the chargers at Harris Ranch and the, Electri and the Electrify America Level 3 DC fast chargers. There were all full. Very busy travel day. I crossed the freeway to check out some charge points. And what luck, the bank of three DC fast were totally unattended because they were inoperable broke broken busted you're shit out of luck and uh let me see next to those was a level two 6.5 kilowatt charge point charger that we jumped onto while evaluating options if i stayed on level two it would have been only nine hours to get the charge we needed to make it to our destination only nine extra hours because your, your time really doesn't matter to us. 
it's uh, pretty eye-opening, isn't it, folks? Pretty eye-opening what the left wants. Pretty eye-opening. And there's more. Mike McDaniel always writes these great long pieces. Ton of information. Uh, please take the time to read it. StatelyMcDanielManor.wordpress.com uh, And the title of the story is, or the post is, Electric Vehicles Eliminating the Middle Class. And the, the, way, the rate they're going, this is what will happen. You won't be able to afford one. Or to, you'll barely be able to drive it. Or maybe you can make it until the battery finally goes dead. Then you have to buy a battery, which costs thousands of dollars. You're going to be stuck. There will be normal middle class. The only people able to really afford these would be rich. And the ones that can't, well, middle class, you can forget about the middle class. You can forget about Democratic talking points about the war on the middle class Republicans are always pushing. It's BS. Complete and total BS, my friends. So please go read that article. Good stuff from uh, Mike McDaniel. He's written a lot of good things about EVs. And I'm done. Remember the three golden rules of this blog and life. Go Gators. If you're left, you just ain't right. And God bless America. I will talk to you tomorrow, my friends. Be good. Behave. If you're out there driving an electric vehicle, <laughs> I hope you can find somewhere to charge it. And welcome to the new America with no middle class to get in anybody's way. Y'all be good. God bless you. Love you.